certainly uh, want to express my condolences and thoughts and prayers to everyone in Charlottesville and the University of Virginia community. What a unspeakable um, tragedy and and um, uh, no words, but they certainly have our uh, prayers and support. Our players came to me yesterday and wanted to do something to honor them on Saturday. So I believe we're going to wear a sticker on our helmet um, uh, in remembrance of, of, of those lost and, and thinking of Coach Elliott. Obviously know him well from his time at Clemson and Carla Williams, our athletic director. Carla and I, Carla and I were at uh, the University of Georgia together and think the world of her and and uh, did not know, uh, obviously hits really close to home with the loss of Lavelle Davis. I did not know Lavelle personally, but um, uh, speaking, knowing so many people down there at Woodland High School and how highly they think of him, he sounded like just a, a special, special, special human being and young man and along with everyone else that, that, that died tragically. I was just in Woodland High School during the off week and, and uh, we were talking about Lavelle and how well he's doing at Virginia. So, um Terrible deal, and thoughts and prayers go out to them, uh, certainly, and anything we can do here at Carolina to help, we absolutely will. Um, and then on another note, I know somehow this has become like a, a narrative, so I want to go back like two or three weeks to after the Vanderbilt game because I believe there's a misconception that I called out our fan base for criticism, which could not have been further from the truth. For those of you that were in the room that night, listen to the soundbite. And I said that there was a small portion of the fan base that when they found out that Marshawn Lloyd was not playing in the Vanderbilt game, probably thought that it was over, that we didn't have a chance to beat Vanderbilt. And I said it's the same group or same mentality that when Luke Doty got hurt in August of last year, that so many people thought our season was going to go in the toilet after that. And I said that we have to get past that as a fan base and find some joy. I did not say that I'm not subject to criticism. I am certainly open to criticism. I'm a head football coach, and I'm the leader of this program. So fire the criticism at me because certainly I uh, um, can take it. I grew up the son of a head football coach. I understand what this chair entails. I dealt with criticism of my father growing up. I've dealt with criticism as an assistant coach, and now I've uh, as a head coach, you deal with criticism. So I get it. That's part of the job. And by no means was I not, was I calling out our fan base. There's an old adage. If you don't know it, look it up called Murphy's law that if something bad is going to happen, it's going to happen. And I've been hearing about that ever since I was an assistant coach here at South Carolina about curses and things like that. There's no dang curse. All right. And my mess of what I was trying to say that night in Nashville was that we need to get past the negative mindset of just waiting for something bad to always happen here and that something bad is right around the corner. Uh, and that's when I use the expression, find some joy. So I get it. With the way we played against Florida the other night, there wasn't a lot of joy in that, nor do I expect people to find a lot of joy in that. But I also am not going to be on an emotional roller coaster every single week as a head football coach and the leader of this football program either. And I'm going to try and find the positives in everything. And when uh, we have an injury, whether it be to Marshawn Lloyd against Vanderbilt or Luke Doty last year in preseason camp or Jordan Strawn and Bo Caba against Arkansas this year or Cam Smith who missed games because of an injury or who, CBS or whoever it might be, um, it's the next man up mentality and not, oh my God, what are we going to do right now because this guy's missing. So that's the message I was trying to make that, that night in Nashville. Hopefully you guys that were in that room realize that because 
Uh, apparently it's taken on this whole other narrative that Shane is criticizing the greatest fans in America, which is not the case. So anyway, enough of that. We've got a heck of an opportunity on Saturday night in uh, Columbia, uh, back in Williams-Brice Stadium, uh, our Salute the Troops game. Uh, I want to thank them so much for their uh, service to our country and the things that our military does to allow me to be able to coach and do the things that I love to do, our players to be able to do what they love, you guys to be able to do what you love and as well. So I'm so grateful uh, for our, our, our military and all they do for our amazing country. Uh, another sold-out environment in, in Williams-Brice Stadium. Again, thank you to our fans for selling out every single Saturday game this year, not just SEC games, but non-conference as well. That's fantastic. Uh, it's going to be electric in there Saturday night. I would hope that our fans would be there early for the for the uh, the walk when our players arrive from the hotel. Uh, we need to make that electric and rocking. I know it's going to be on Saturday night. We need to we need our crowd to be the 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 factor and have the impact on Saturday night, just like they did against Texas A and M. And we need to be even better. I told our players today, we've been talking about it. We need more from everyone in our program. And we're, we're, gonna, we're trying to do that from a football standpoint, players and coaches and staff. And we need more from everyone in Williams-Brice Stadium this Saturday night also. It's the last opportunity to be in there together. And uh, it's going to be special. Uh, I would hope our fans would be in the seats early to honor a really, really special group of seniors that uh, not everyone has been here for four, five, six years, but a lot of them have, and they've been through two head coaches, and, and they went from uh, their sophomore year, for the most part, winning two games to now as juniors and seniors or seniors and super seniors getting to go to bowl or back-to-back bowl games with an opportunity to be even better than what they were last year. Uh, very proud of them and, and honored to be their coach, and they certainly deserve every recognition that they get on Saturday night. So uh, uh, hope and I know our fans don't take them for granted and I hope our fans will be in there early to recognize those guys before the game also going to be everything that's right about college football you know the number one broadcast crew for ABC ESPN with Kirk Herbstreet Chris Fowler and Holly Rowe coming uh, is a fantastic opportunity SEC Nation being here all weekend, Paul Feinbaum broadcasting live on the Horseshoe, I think, on for Horseshoe, right, on Friday afternoon, uh, live, and, and all of their stars here on Saturday morning as well. We've got a bunch of recruits that are going to be at the game. We've got some young men that will be here on their official visits that will be a part of going to watch the Feinbaum show Friday and SEC Nation on Saturday. So I hope our uh, students and fan base would pack out um, pack out the horseshoe as well and and get this weekend started right so and then obviously we've got a heck of a challenge once the game kicks off on saturday night in williams bryce a uh, really 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 good team that's playing well not just on offense but all three phases special teams play really really hard they're explosive they got dynamic returners in the return game uh, that we've got to do a great job against defensively uh, you look at everything statistically in our league they're right up near the top and all of it they're playing really well. They're disruptive um, up front. They're really, really talented and athletic and instinctive at linebacker. Their secondary has depth and, and plays really, really hard and physical. And then, you know, offensively speaks for itself uh, what a great player Hendon Hooker is. I remember watching him in high school. I was at Georgia. We were trying to recruit another young man from Greensboro. And I remember being up there on a Friday night watching uh, that young man play and he was playing against Hendon's team and just remember watching him that night and just how talented he was as a quarterback 
as an alumnus of Virginia Tech, I'm still trying to figure out how the heck he got out of Blacksburg when he was their starting quarterback there um, and ended up at Tennessee. So for selfish reasons as an alumni or an alumnus of Tech and the head coach of South Carolina, um, wish he was still in Blacksburg uh, for sure. But uh, what it sounds like a f- special young man, and, and he's playing at a really, really high level, really good offensive line. A lot of talk about their receivers, and rightfully so, but they want to run the football. This is a physical football team, and uh, and then a veteran group too. I mean, look at it. Every single starter they have on offense and defense is either a junior or a senior. I don't know the last time I saw that. I'm I, maybe I've maybe it's happened this year, and I just wasn't paying attention. But um, most teams that we play, I mean, have freshmen and sophomores sprinkled in there. This is a group that every starter on offense and Every starter on defense is a junior or a senior. So when you talk about veteran group, these guys are. They've played a lot of football, and it shows, and they're playing at a really, really high level. Uh, Our guys are excited about the challenge and going to take a great week of practice to go out there and play well on Saturday night. So sorry for that long opening statement, but fire away. Who does it Ben? Ben gets to be the guy? Wow. Big shoes, Bill. Our Ben. (laughs) Bill. Volunteers tribute here. (laughs) I don't know who's Bill. Um, Shane Josh was in here talking about how when he came back this year, you know, obviously there was some thought that he could be, you know, the number one receiver, go for a thousand yards, all those things. And obviously it's shaken out a little differently. And just kind of with that, how have you seen Josh kind of take to that? I mean, it seems like he's taken to it in a pretty mature way and, and yeah. sort of taken on a di- bit of a different role. What's it been like seeing him kind of adjust to that? Yeah, I think Josh has been awesome. And, uh, and, and going back to when Josh came back, I mean, I can remember sitting in my office with him and telling him, Look, if you're coming back thinking that you're going to catch a hundred balls next season, you're probably not, because I knew we had some other receivers coming along, and we had uh, we just we would have more depth on offense, and it would have been hard for anybody. I would have had that conversation with anybody, not just uh, Josh, just about where we are. But I also told him, you know, you can continue to help yourself as well for the next level. There are certainly things that you can do better and and not so much stats and accolades, but being able to show things at the receiver position. He certainly has helped himself uh, from a punt return standpoint with what he's done back there for us also. I think he's been fantastic. He's a leader for us. He's uh, matured in so many ways on and off the field and, and really, really proud of Josh and, and, and everything's, everything he's about. He's made some big-time catches for us out there in games this season. He made a really big one the other night on a third and forever across the middle. So in my mind, though, he may not have the accolades or the stats that he wants, but he has certainly helped himself this year as a wide receiver and from a special team standpoint. I mean, he was out there covering punts the other night on our punt team at the end of the game also, and, and uh, he does a lot for our football team. Uh, Zach and Jordan were in here earlier talking about Tennessee's tempo. As a coaching staff, how do you go about simulating an offense that goes that fast? What goes into planning practices for this Tennessee offense? Yeah, it's hard uh, because it is different. And, and, and uh, you know, we play teams throughout the year that, that mix some tempo in and utilize it. So you're always preparing for it. Uh, we do it some, you know, in practice. You guys have been out there when we've done it in practice and just a tempo period where we go as fast as we can for four or five plays. But not every single play and at the pace that Tennessee does. So it, it, one, it stresses your scout team a lot. Now we don't do a ton of scout team work. We do a lot of, you know, good on good type stuff, but, uh, we did, we mixed in some tempo today to try and help the defense when we were doing stuff. It, you know, our scout team today, the, the, the amount of time that we, excuse me, did do the scout team work, they were awesome. Uh, those guys, I mean, they, the offensive line, because of our depth on the offensive line, I mean, there's no, 
offensive line subs. So those guys on that scout team offensive line, I mean, they're taking every every play and uh, can get winded pretty quick. But it takes a lot of organization from the graduate assistants and the coaches to make sure that the guys can get lined up and. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's different, but we, we spent a lot. It wasn't like we all of a sudden just woke up this morning and tried to figure out how we're going to do it. I mean, it's something that we've been thinking about in the off season and talked more about Sunday and, and, uh, and Monday before we got into today. Kind of sticking with Tennessee's offense. I know it's probably easier said than done, but what do you guys have to do to maybe create some negative plays and disrupt Tennessee from a schedule perspective offensively? Tackle. Tackle is huge. And, and I mean that in the sense that one, it starts up front. Like you, you've got to be able to limit them in the run game. I mean, if they can just line up and just run up and down the field on you and be able to throw the ball, it's going to be really, really hard for anybody. So you've got to, it starts up front. You've got to be able, cause they want to run the ball. Uh, you've got to be able to control the run. That's not just the running back, but they run the quarterback as well. So you've got to be able to stop the run. And just understand, like, they're going to complete passes and they're going to make plays. Uh, we've got to do a great job of tackling when they do. I mean, if you watch the Georgia game, Georgia did a great job of tackling. Like, Tennessee completed passes, and they, and, but when they completed them, it wasn't missed tackles. It resulted in 70-yard touchdown passes. It was a 10- or 15-yard catch that immediately the guys tackled, and then you put the ball down and, and keep snapping it. So we've got to do a great job of tackling, Colin. And then the other thing is just situational football is going to be critical. Third down, you've got to be able to get off the field. Red zone, you've got to be able to hold them to, to, to field goals and not let them score touchdowns. And Tennessee did a good job of that. And it's easier said than done, but it starts up front on the line of scrimmage, and then out there on the perimeter, we've got to do a great job of tackling. Hey Shane, when you have a position that's or a, a side of the ball that's you know struggling like the offense has, uh, as the head coach, what, what do you do in that situation? Do you kind of go back and say, okay, what, we're going to try to simplify? Do you say, okay, different, you know, we're going to get different groups on the field now? Like, uh, take us through what you kind of do to try to get that back on track the last two weeks. Yeah, I think it's each week's different, and you always, after every game, kind of sit sit back and say, okay, what what were the issues yesterday, and why were they the issues? Was it um, we uh, couldn't hold on to the ball and we turned the ball over too much? Well, maybe we need to spend a little bit more time on on ball security, which we do a ton of already in practice to begin with, or okay, um, were we making a lot of mental errors and guys just didn't play with confidence? Well, maybe we had too much in and their minds were cluttered and that's not just offense that's defense and special teams I mean we do that every week as well and um so I think that's the biggest thing is just every Sunday and you guys have heard me say it win or lose we we take stock of what happened the day before and try and learn from it and 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 make corrections and continue to build upon the things that we do did well it's also okay who is the next opponent what are the problems they present and how do we um combat that as well what are some issues or areas that we want to attack and how do we do that and then it's also just not trying to constantly just reinvent the wheel either. You know, let's um let's continue to try and raise the raise the floor, you know, of where we are and, and continue to just try and be better. And it might mean tweak this, tweak that, but it's not all of a sudden just wholesale changes every single week schematically and things like that. Okay, we're blowing this up because that didn't work. Let's try this now. I mean we 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 stick to what we are right now and it hasn't been good enough, but we just continue to try and do it better. Uh, week after week. 
You talked about Josh. We got a lot of guys gonna be playing their last home game at Williams Bryce this Saturday night. Just how special is that group to you? Is the guys who invested in you when you came in, and so many of them who even came back for that additional year to help you build this foundation? Nah, they're um, so special, and um, just think so highly of them. They're they're great people first and foremost, and and. You know, last year's group was special. Jalen Foster and, and those guys, Aaron Sterling and Nick Muse and on and on and on. Uh, and they had one year with me and and gave me everything they had, gave us everything they had, and were able to go out, go into a bowl game. But this group's even more special because a lot of these guys did not have to come back. You know, they, they stayed for a season, but then they believed enough in what we were doing here as a program that they chose to stay for another year and I'm just so happy for them you know I'm sure they didn't want to be necessarily six and four they expected to be 10 and 0 at this point well we're not but the fact that they're getting to accomplish there's still a lot of things out there for them to accomplish the fact that they uh, believed in my me and what we're doing as a program enough to stay around for another year it says guys like Zach who came back and have done nothing but just skyrocket his draft status you know with the way that he's played last year so that's what I love is the guys that come back and they they come back and it's not like one foot in one foot out I mean those guys have been not to take somebody else's analogy or expression but they've been all in in everything that we're doing here this season here at Carolina and thinking about whatever they got to do to make us be the very best they can be they've helped themselves as future football players beyond South Carolina. And I, you know, I can remember Javon Gwynn and Eric Douglas when they told me and Juan that they were coming back. And all three of them sat in my office and told me that they felt like they had so much more to accomplish and they weren't satisfied with just winning seven games and going to a bowl game, that they wanted to be better leaders. They wanted to be uh, make more of an impact on this program and do even more with this program. And they've done all that, you know, and more, and then still have things out there for them to, to hopefully accomplish here down the stretch also. As Jalen Hyatt's had his really good season, have have you had to maybe remind people that y'all weren't here when he was not offered by South Carolina? <laughs> no, but I am. I was not here. I did not. I was. I, 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 Jalen Hyatt is a phenomenal football player, and I was coaching at the University of Oklahoma when he graduated and just and, and chose to go to Tennessee. So I haven't had to hope people know that. But no, I've certainly heard from people about what an idiot I am that I didn't recruit Jalen Hyatt. Well, you know, blame Lincoln Riley at Southern Cal because we didn't recruit him at Oklahoma and and um, whoever else here. But you know, certainly he's a fantastic player and and what a year he's uh, what a year he's having and what a threat he is out there on the perimeter. Also, how, how do you guys as a staff juggle that? Because small state like this I'm sure there are a lot of people who reach out to you guys about their players and think maybe you guys should offer or whatnot how, how do you guys sort of yeah that? no it's right I mean we, we always want to start um in the state of South Carolina with recruiting you guys have heard me say that and we always will uh we're always going to trust our evaluations as coaches um ultimately we have to bring people into this program that can help us beat the teams that we play in the SEC uh, and, and, but you also gotta, you gotta get guys in here and you gotta be able to develop them also, you know? So that's what I would say, Hill, is we just, we, we trust our evaluation and, and we, we can't take everyone, 
but there aren't as many players coming out of this state as there are the state of California or Texas just because of a population standpoint. So we want to do, be very, 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 very diligent in evaluating every potential prospect here in South Carolina, um, whether it's us being in their high schools, us them, them being at their summer camps, and you know anybody that says we don't, full of it. I mean, we took Nick Immemori and DQ Smith who had zero offers basically. And uh, we trusted our evaluations on those two guys. And, and those two players, I'd say are off to a pretty good start here as players here at Carolina. Now, are we going to make mistakes? Absolutely. And I'm sure we've made some already since I've been here on guys that we didn't take that I'd love to have or whatnot also, but it's an inexact science and we want to do um, you know, make sure that we're making the right decisions on every single player in this state and, and uh, but also making sure that we're bringing in the number of guys each year that can help us beat the teams that we have to compete against also. Hey, Shane, one more Jalen Hyde question. Tennessee's uh, tempo offense, uh, how does that make Jalen even more effective or make it more challenging to cover him? Um, one, figuring out where he is for sure. Um, typically he's going to be in the slot, but sometimes he's going to be outside. Sometimes they're using motion with him. Sometimes he's going from one side of the field formation to the other. And no matter where he's lined up, he's really, 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 really fast and has the ability to take the top off the defense immediately when the ball is snapped. Um, so they do a great job of, of moving him around. It's not just him. I mean, they got fantastic receivers all over the, the field um, with obviously Jalen's speed and, and athleticism, but just the, sh the size they have and the physicality they have along with him also. There, there's a bunch of weapons, but they do a great job with him of moving him around, Rick. And, and one, you've got to get lined up with their tempo and make sure you're in the right place. But now when the ball snapped, you've got a guy with elite speed you know, coming right at you. So um, it's a, uh, it's certainly a challenge. And when you have a guy like him that's as, that's as uh, dynamic as he is, it makes it even even tougher. Shane, first of all, thanks for taking care of the time differential. Did we get it right? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I should. I was in here with the DBs this morning, and uh, and uh, it's good to, good to see that we're we're on the same page now. Right. You know, you mentioned in your opening statement the roller coaster, the up and down things that it can be. From the outside, you also mentioned last week how you try and keep it off the players from mm -hmm. it affecting you. How hard is it to let any of that stop you from building things the way you want to build it? You know, is there any uh, are there hurdles in that outside noise that can prevent you know a coach from doing exactly what he wants to do with his team? Um, good question. No, I think there certainly is. Are you just want you want to make sure that our guys don't lose sight of you know, what's real and, and, and what's not real. And uh, there's a whole lot of work that they've put into this season going all the way back to January that they've invested into this. Uh, and then understanding that no disrespect to anybody on the outside, that they haven't been a part of all that. And then just making sure that we stay, you know, stay close and, and stay connected and, and we see what's real day in, day out inside this building. And are there things that we need to do better? Absolutely. And is a lot of that outside noise, criticism, whatever warranted? Absolutely. But also making sure our guys know that we, they as players, we control, you know, what happens. We control how we respond and, and you know, making sure that you're not, um, not uh, that you're, that, you're, that we talk to our players all the time about talking to yourself, don't listen to yourself. 
and make sure, okay, make sure you're talking to yourself and not listening to what you're hearing and what you may be telling yourself because of whatever you're hearing outside this building. Continue to work and just keep our head down. And every week, uh, you know, as a coach and as a player, I get it. We're judged on 12 Saturdays a year, and it's either really, 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 really good or it's really, 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 really bad. There's typically not like an in-between and just, uh, you know, just trying to keep our head down and just keep working and and uh, come up for air at the end of the season and, and, and see what's what. Hey, Coach, obviously you've emphasized a lot this season about wanting to get off to better starts in these football games. And last year, of course, the Tennessee game, it did not start off the way you and the staff wanted it to. Have you brought it up this week with the players as a way to say, you know, last year was last year, put it to rest, this is a new opportunity for us? Or have you used it as a little bit of an external motivation, along with maybe it being the seniors' final home game this Saturday? Uh, to answer the first part of it, no. I mean, I, I haven't, at least in front of the team, talking, uh, haven't talked about the start last year you know I think they know um we didn't get off to a good start at East Carolina we didn't get off to a good start at Texas A&M last year um either on the uh on the on the road so that's something that we talked about off season and things like that and then you went into this year obviously Arkansas we didn't get off to a great start Kentucky we did Vanderbilt we did we did the other night we certainly didn't but you know last year's game is last year's game I think the only thing that we make reference to essentially is just not we can't be shocked by the tempo and we went out there last year and certainly you can prepare for how fast they're going to go but until you're actually out there on the field in front of 100 plus thousand like we were in Knoxville it's it's different and uh, so I think our guys making sure they understand that We've got to be able to to handle the tempo better earlier, hopefully, than what we did uh, last season. Also, and then each week is each week is different, and we're always trying to get off to to good starts, um, certainly. And and uh, but we also got to be good too about not every game are we going to have a fumble recovery on the first play of the game defensively and go up seven nothing before we even blink. And not every game are we going to be able to return the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Like we've got to be able to respond when we don't score first or whatever it may be and we did that last year I mean we had two 14 nothing deficits and we came back and won football games in 2021 against Auburn and East Carolina or Auburn East Carolina I think Florida maybe had us down three nothing early or something so each team is different and 2022 is different than 2021 but certainly we need to get off to a good start but if we don't we also have to understand that it's a four quarter game and we just got to keep keep playing and keep uh, keep pounding away. Shane, not many people know as much about good special teams play as you do from, you know, your background and so forth. How special is what your special teams are doing this season? And the second part of this question is, you know that um, Pete Lembo is going to get some pretty impressive offers after this season. How important will it be for South Carolina to keep him? Uh, Really, really important. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I, I think Pete knows how much I appreciate him, and Pete's been fantastic, and, 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 and rightfully so. I mean, there was a reason that I, when I got hired, Gene, that I wanted to hire him as the special teams coach. I mean, some people said, well, your background special teams, why, why don't you just do it yourself? And there were different reasons, and I stay involved, certainly, because it's kind of what I've always been around. But it was one of those, if I can't hire Pete Limbo, then I really don't want to hire anybody. I will do it myself because I think that highly of him, and, and that hasn't changed in my two years here. And he does a great job recruiting. He does a great job coaching. And and the fact that he's been a head coach, too, is really beneficial and helps me also. Um, and then what we're doing certainly is, you know, really, really 
special. And I think anytime you, when you have success from a special team standpoint, it just, it creates momentum, obviously on the field during the game, but then just within the program and within the players where they're like, okay, you know, what's next? Uh, what, what, what's next? What, what, what do we have, you know, drawn up this week? And, and I'm, you know, um, they look forward to it, whether it's, you know, we, we, um, uh, special teams wise, I think we talked about it in Pete's themes for different calls during the week. And, and, um, uh, you know, two weeks ago we went to Nashville and it was a country music theme. So we had Carrie and Garth and, and whoever, whoever else, Hank, I think we had some calls last week was, he went with the Britney Spears Adele theme last week. He didn't know who Adele was, so I had to tell him who Adele was and make sure he knew her music. But I think our players, he does a great job, and I say that, he does a great job of keeping the meetings fresh and the guys look forward, okay, what do we have this week that, that we're going to do? And it's not always new. Um, I mean, we do a lot of the same stuff over and over again, meaning that we, we spend a lot of time on it and we're having the success that we have because I think we do a good job of coaching it. Our players have bought into it, but we spend a lot of time on it in the meeting room and on the practice field and in walkthroughs and things like that. So we invest a lot of time in it and we're getting great returns on it. And every week is, is different. And we made some plays the other night. We didn't against Missouri and we need to certainly make some ten, uh, on, on Saturday night it would be a huge, uh, huge part of the game. We scored a touchdown on them last year on a fake punt uh, against Tennessee. And we're going to need to be able to create uh, some, some momentum on special teams also. And it's not just with fakes and things like that. It's covering kicks and controlling field position, which we're doing a great job with the way that Kai's punting the, punting the football also. Shane, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago if you thought changing a coach's role was something to benefit the program, you would do it. I guess from a philosophical standpoint, where do you kind of stand with maybe making an in-season change from a coaching standpoint versus staying the course and kind of letting guys grow into roles and adjust? I think it goes back to the question a minute ago, just about each week trying to continue to figure out, okay, how can we be better uh, this week than what we were last week? And uh, not just blowing everything up, but obviously this wasn't good enough. We need to be better. How are we going to be better this week? And that's, you know, that's any position. That's any, any, um, any side of the ball, you know. Um, the conversations we had on Sunday, we weren't good enough on offense the other night. We weren't good enough stopping the run on defense. And we weren't good enough protecting the football. A lot of different things. And we weren't good enough on third down. So, you know, we'll, how are we going to be better? This week also, and just each week, it's it's um, it's um, it's trying to continue to elevate where we are at the current moment. Hey, um, hey. Did we get an injury update on Marshawn and BJ, um, and then your ones who had the flu, Vershawn and and Brad and all them? How is everybody yep. progressing? You did you did not get one, so um, <laughs> sorry about your Eagles last night as well. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, backing up, flu-wise, we are good. Uh, I'm trying to thank the guys that had it last week. I think I mentioned Leggett and, and then a bunch of uh, starters on defense were out with the flu. No one had any issues uh, yesterday or today, so hopefully hopefully that's behind us. Injury update, everybody, uh, anybody that went down in the Florida game is fine. Everybody practiced today. The only two guys that were limited – in practice today that we are hopeful can play on Saturday would be Marshawn and CBS. Both of those guys were limited today in practice. Too early to say whether they're definitely out 
or uh, or not. They both have told me they're doing everything in their power to play, and we'll see where things are. Um, you know, they did a, a lot of good stuff treatment-wise today, and we'll kind of see where they are tomorrow, Emily, and hopefully they can do more tomorrow in practice than what they did today.